1: This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. California public schools could be required to have COVID 19 testing and management plans under new legislation introduced yesterday in the state Senate. The bill by State Senator Richard Pan of Sacramento would also provide state resources to carry out the plans.
0: Identifying positive cases and being able to quarantine them allows schools to remain open and safe. And schools need support and resources. And my bill makes sure they have the resources they need to continue to be open and safe through future waves of COVID variants.
1: The bill doesn't specify what types of testing schools should offer or how many times students should be tested. Preschools, after school programs, and childcare centers would also be covered by the requirements. The San Diego Unified Board of Education has voted unanimously to enforce its COVID-19 vaccination mandate for students 16 and older, but it will be delayed until the summer. The requirement goes into effect on June 21st for the upcoming summer session and will also be in place for the fall semester. San Diego Unified Trustee Richard Barrera spoke with KPBS in San Diego.
0: We've already implemented a, uh, a mandate for our staff. So in order to work for our district, staff have to be fully vaccinated now. And so moving forward with vaccine mandates for all of our students uh, is also uh, the right thing to do.
1: About 80% of San Diego Unified students who are 16 and older are fully vaccinated. The vaccination mandate was originally supposed to be in place in January, but it has been delayed by an ongoing court battle. A 16-year-old sued the district over its refusal to allow for religious exemptions. Last week, the U.S. Supreme Court declined to hear the case, but said it could reconsider in the future. Staying in San Diego County, a school district there is making indoor masking optional for students. The California Report's Keith Mizuguchi has the details.
0: In a 3-2 vote Monday night, the Rancho Santa Fe School District Board decided to make indoor mask wearing optional in defiance of the state's mandate requiring that face coverings be worn at schools. Here's board president G. Magani speaking to ABC 10 in San Diego. We sent a letter to Governor Newsom and we basically said, hey, look, we want local control because one, the virus is endemic. Two, um, we have 90 percent vaccination rate in our communities, in our district. The staff has 94 percent vaccination rate. The two board members who voted no said they agreed with the idea of making masks optional, but wanted to give the district more time to make the transition. The Newsom administration has said school districts are not allowed to lift masking requirements ahead of the state making that decision. Magani says he's unsure if that will mean the district will be punished. I really hope they don't take action against us and they look at the reality of our local conditions and go, you know what, you're not as hard hit as these other communities, so I think you're well within your right to do what you did. Earlier this month, two school districts in the Sacramento area made masks optional for students while they're indoors the state could release new guidance on masking at schools as early as next week. For the California Report, I'm Keith Mizuguchi.
2: Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there,
3: I'm Randa Abdel-Fattah from Throughline.
1: Los Angeles motorists are going to have to drive a little slower in the future and it's not because of congestion. Los Angeles City Council has unanimously approved a measure to reduce speed limits by five miles an hour on 177 miles of city streets. The decision comes in the wake of growing public concerns about a spike in traffic deaths in Los Angeles and other cities. LA is able to make this change because of a new state law that gives cities greater authority to set speed limits. Traffic safety the advocates hail LA's move as a modest but still important step to reduce motorist and pedestrian deaths and injuries in the city. In Berkeley, there's been an ongoing dispute between UC Berkeley and a neighborhood group over building more student housing to accommodate growing enrollment at Cal. Not building the housing jeopardizes the placement of 3,000 students at the school. But new legislation introduced Tuesday in the state Senate could allow public universities and other state schools to build on-campus housing without an environmental review. KQED's Sarah Hosseini reports.
3: Senator Scott Wiener says universities and state schools that want to build on-campus housing have been slowed down by legal challenges, and this bill would take care of one key obstacle.
0: The two main things that we need to get more student and faculty housing in California is an accelerated process and money.
3: The group Save Berkeley's Neighborhoods, whose lawsuit against UC Berkeley may compel it to freeze enrollment, had no comment on Weiner's bill, but says it supports on-campus housing projects in general. A 2017 survey found 10% of students experienced homelessness during their time at Cal.
1: That was KQED reporter Sarah Hosseini. L.A. Congressman Adam Schiff is asking the FBI to act after San Francisco police appear to have misused DNA collected from the victim in a sexual assault investigation to identify and arrest her for a separate crime later. In a letter to FBI Director Christopher Wray, Schiff called the news deeply disturbing and said he fears it will have a chilling effect on reporting sexual assault to law enforcement. Congressman Schiff is asking the FBI to ensure that no federally maintained DNA database are being used in this way. San Francisco Police Chief Bill Scott has launched an internal investigation prior to Schiff's letter. He says he welcomes the FBI's involvement, will work with Schiff on legislation, and pledges to end any practice that misuses DNA from rape victims. The California Democratic Party says it will no longer accept donations from the fossil fuel industry. KQD's Katrina Schwartz reports the party's executive board overwhelmingly voted in favor of the changes this week.
3: The state Democratic Party is trying to align its financial sources with its rhetoric on the need for climate action. Mary Creisman, CEO of California Environmental Voters, says fossil fuel money has helped derail or delay important statewide climate legislation. She sees the party's decision as a positive first step.
2: Part of what this does is it really powerfully shines a light on like, look, we're not taking this money because we're seeing the impact of this money as a party. And we're saying we're about something different. Our values mandate something different. Kind of calling elected leaders up.
3: Chrisman says 70 percent of state legislators take oil money. Critics say the changes don't go far enough and the agreement is full of loopholes. For the California Report, I'm Katrina Schwartz.
1: The LA Unified School District required that all students and staff take weekly COVID tests this year in an effort to try to slow the spread of the coronavirus. And new projections show the cost to test and contact trace is skyrocketing. In a briefing before the LA Unified School Board yesterday, officials projected that LAUSD would spend more than $527 billion before the end of the school year, more than four times the district's initial estimate. District officials expect FEMA to reimburse LAUSD for most, if not all, of the testing costs. Sonoma County prosecutors and lawyers for Pacific Gas and Electric told a judge in Santa Rosa Tuesday that they are in talks to settle criminal charges stemming from a devastating 2019 wildfire. The company faces more than 30 counts, including half a dozen felonies in connection with the Kincaid fire, which was started by a PG&E transmission line. Will Abrams lost his home in the North Bay fires of 2017 and was forced to flee again when the Kincaid fire. Prompted the largest evacuation in Sonoma County history. He fears a settlement will let PG&E escape full responsibility for the fire.
0: Mostly what I was concerned about is it just seems like this is another opportunity for PG&E to settle. Evidence gets buried and we move on, you know, as if the only things that matter are how much money do they settle for. The
1: Kincaid fire burned 120 square miles and destroyed 175 homes. And fire danger could be getting worse in Southern California. New research led by UCLA finds the region could see the annual number of high fire risk days double by the end of the century. As KCRW's Tara Atrian reports from Los Angeles, climate change is to blame.
0: There's no question that California's fire season has intensified in recent years. However, it's mostly been concentrated up north and in the Sierras. But Southern California isn't off the hook. While our region hasn't seen a significant rise in burn area over the past half century, UCLA climate scientist Glenn McDonald, who co-authored the study, says increasingly dry conditions correlate with more blazes in the Southland and... What you see is as you move through the 21st century, if we keep Putting large amounts of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere
1: we get more and more of those days
0: with very dry air, very,
1: very dry fuel conditions.
0: That could push the region's high-fire risk days to 58, about double the current level. McDonald says addressing greenhouse gas emissions could help bring that down, but a global effort is needed. For the California Report, I'm Tara Atrion in Los Angeles.
1: This morning, truck drivers opposed to COVID mandates are supposed to set off on what they're calling the People's Convoy from the city of Adelanto in San Bernardino County. Their destination, Washington, D.C. And if this all sounds very familiar, the convoy is inspired by the recent protests by Canadian truckers and their allies who opposed COVID 19 mandates in that country. Since the protest movement launched in Canada, participants have connected on social media platforms like Facebook. Journalist Ryan Broderick with the tech website The Verge has been looking into how the Canadian protest movement grew by attracting supporters in both the US and
2: Canada. I guess I didn't really realize this until I started doing research for this story, but Canadian Facebook is much smaller than American Facebook. There's just less people on Facebook in Canada. And we also in America have a much more aggressive and 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 a much larger Right wing news ecosystem.
1: And Broderick says that inside this digital ecosystem, it doesn't necessarily matter how many shares something has gotten, but rather which platform picks up what information.
2: And at one point, I pointed this out in my story The Daily Wire, which is Ben Shapiro's website, wrote a story which was literally just telling people, check out this Facebook group that you can join to be part of the trucker convoy. And then that Facebook group was banned by Facebook four days later because it was overrun by people who believe in the QAnon cons- conspiracy.
1: But ban or not, says Broderick, the information can continue to metastasize online and find new platforms.
2: And a lot of these websites, um, they look for things that could go viral in small activist communities on the far right, and they they blow them up. So that that's kind of what happened here, where you had... A small collection of Canadian yellow vests being amplified by, um, you know, Ben Shapiro's website or Tucker Carlson's website or, or things like that. And then that eventually goes all the way up to Fox News, who, you know, did hours and hours of coverage about this.
1: That was Verge contributor Ryan Broderick. You can read his piece, How Facebook Twisted Canada's Trucker Convoy into an International Movement at Verge.com. And that is the California Report for Wednesday, February 23rd. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening and have a good day.
0: Support for the California Report comes from Personal Capital, helping people take control of their finances with financial tools and objective advice from a fiduciary
1: advisor. PersonalCapital.com. Paint Care now with 800 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy
0: environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement.
1: Showing your support is easy and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED
0: podcast too at donate.kqed.org/podcast. That's donate.kqed.org/podcast.
3: Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book.